The following message was recorded at Faith Fellowship St. Pete in St. Petersburg, Florida. More information about Faith Fellowship can be found at faithfellowshipstpete.org. Healing that we've experienced from your stripes. Thank you that, uh, that you are our help, our rock, our savior that you are our Lord and uh, you are so worthy of our fellowship and our adoration and attention that, uh, that you gave your life and, and you're so worthy of our lives being given for your, for your purpose. Uh, Lord, uh, help us to be reminded that, that if we try to save our lives, we'll lose it. But if we lose our life for your sake and the gospel, we'll find it. Lord, let us believe your, you at your word and trust you. Increase our faith. Please help our d- delight to be in you and in your word. Help us to hunger and thirst for righteousness, knowing that you will fill us. Help us to acknowledge that blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Lord, help us to, um, please help us to to follow you in being those that are mercy givers and uh, that, that our mercies would be new every morning and that we would love as we've been loved and forgive as we've been forgiven. That, uh, that your mercy would, ab- would abide and remain through us, that it wouldn't just be something we read about on pages or people just marvel at in your life 2,000 years ago, but that it would be evident through your church, your bride, your people, your body, that we would continue what you've started uh, in the power of the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Father, for your word this morning. Please seed our hearts with truth, that it would come to fruition that our hearts would be receptive soil for this good seed of your word. Uh, Lord, we pray that you would help us to lift you up so that you would draw men unto yourself. We pray that you would rescue, Lord, that you would sanctify the saved, you would save the sinner this morning, Lord, that you would uh, just call those that are far from you close and that we would run to your side and to your presence because we know in your presence is the abundance of joy. And we're so desperate for that joy because it is our strength and we know we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. So help us today. Please help your, your frail servant uh, just to be a, a, a herald of your truth, just a mouthpiece. Uh, that I, I, I would be a nobody that's trying to tell everybody about a somebody that saved my soul. I love you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Um, keep Alex in prayer. His, uh, his precious sister passed away this week. Um, so um, that that is to be uh, that is to be covered in prayer. Um, I, I thank God that we have a, a whole uh, row of uh, folks that are recovered from COVID. Praise the Lord! We have a my bride has recovered from from COVID. Uh, I have recovered from. COVID. I'm sure many of you out there have have, have come to the other side of these uh, these. Uh, I found out after being in the hospital that um, that there's 24 strains out there that they're testing for. 19 of them are respiratory uh, infections, and then you got that RSV thing, and then a couple of new strains of COVID, which, by the way, the newest strain, um, the last two strains, which I became a uh, case study on, um, is uh, attacks, attacks the pancreas rather than the respiratory system, or maybe both. Um, and so, uh, you know, but like, let's, let's remember, he's our healer. 
Like, let's remember that though outwardly we're wasting away, that's just going to happen. Inwardly, we're being renewed day by day. And, uh, and greater is he that is in us than he is in the world. Um, we, we, we don't need to fear anything. You know, one of the things we sang about this morning that I love, do, do, do you know the truth is, have you ever felt alone? Anybody ever felt alone at any point in your life? Right? I mean, if we're honest, we put both hands up, right? But you know, the truth is, you're never alone. He, he, is, he is with us, right? That's, and it's so important that we don't let our feelings dictate our future. Like, I mean, I think so often, like, we, we, we let our feelings lead us when feelings are, are good indicators but terrible motivators. Like, we, 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 need, we don't need to be walking by the flesh or our feelings or especially by fear. But there's a different F that the Bible talks about, and it's called faith. And we're called to walk by faith and not by sight because our, even our eyes will deceive us. You know, in this, in this paradigm of lies, this matrix of lies, you know, we have to understand that the truth sets us free, right? And, uh, and, and when, we, when we don't just simply know it, but we live it, we find the liberation that our souls are hungry for. And it's just true, guys. I'm just telling you, it's true. It's all true. Jesus is alive, right? He's alive and he's, and he's risen and he's king and he's glorious and he loves you and he's mighty and he's, he, doesn't, he didn't just save you, he's saving you all the time from, from broken thinking and stinking thinking and, and just moments like, like, like Rob described, like, you know, like we sang about it, we sang about temptation, like guys, when temp, not if, but when temptation comes, what do you do? What do you do? Well, Jesus modeled that for us. We, we declare the scriptures as our truth. And you know what that does? It fights on our behalf. It's the sword of the spirit. But like, if we don't believe that, it lacks power. Like Jesus said, I could do nothing here because of lack of faith. It wasn't that he didn't have the power to do it. They just didn't believe in him. And guys, do you believe in the promises that he's made to you? And are you walking those promises out as if that's your truth, that's your reality? Because when we do, then miracles happen. I want to I remind you of something that I think that we, the church needs to hear more often. Is the kingdom of God on earth today? Right? Okay, so where is it? In your midst. Like wherever God is, heaven is. The kingdom of heaven, right? I mean, God makes heaven heaven, right? And so who's in us? God, the Holy Spirit, right? And so where's the kingdom? In us, right? Right here. And so the the, the bigger truth is we are the kingdom together, collectively, the body of Christ. That's why we're called to pray our father. And it's constantly the scriptures talks about we and us because we're not supposed to be thinking of ourselves in that American broken mindset of me and individualism. Like the, 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 the church is supposed, like the Christian is always supposed to think of himself or herself as a member of the body of Christ. Like we are a part of a community and we can't get it done by ourselves, but we are so prone to try it, right? We're always trying to fix and do things because, and, and maybe the problem is, is because we want the glory. And man, when we are collectively wanting God to be glorified 
And when we understand that he's the head and we are simply the body and we need one another, we're interdependent on one another and totally dependent on him. When we get that and we collectively work together with a humble posture, not a critical spirit, not judgmental, you know, understand that we're different on purpose and that's by design. And, and that, you know, does the, does the spleen need that? Hey, listen, I found out this week, I need this pancreas thing, right? Like, and, and if it gets down, it, it, you know, did everything in my body suffer when my pancreas was hurting, right? I mean, and so like, if anybody in our body hurts, we all hurt. And whether you know that or not, it's true. Like we're only as strong as our weakest link. And you know what keeps us individually strong is our individual dependency and walk with the Lord. Do you know that your your quiet time, your tag time, time alone with God, your your walk with the Lord is 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 yes, it has personal implications, but it has implications for your family, for your church family, for your children, for your marriage, for your missional impact. So we 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 draw near, we stay close to him because like no one else can protect us. Nobody else can provide for us. It's a narrow path and everything that, that he's purposed in our life is on that path. And so we got to stay close. Is it is it unwise for a sheep to wander off from the shepherd? And is he a roaring lion that seeks to devour? Why would we do anything but stay close to the one? Listen, the enemy's not afraid of you. He's terrified of him. Terrified. And so we got to stay close. And it's not just for the purpose of protection. It's the purpose of provision. Like we, we need the grace that and the wisdom. We need the love and, and we need the joy and the peace, right? We need everything that his presence provides for us. We're desperate for it. He said, apart from me, you can do nothing of eternal value. And so last year we talked about dwell. We talked about the importance. I mean, Moses got it, right? Like we see it in Exodus 34, like, you know, he, he didn't even know. He didn't even know himself. He like spends time with the Lord and comes back and it says that it's literally the skin of his face shone. Like he was shining. Like it freaked them out. Nobody wanted to be around him. Like they're like, what is going on? Like, but Moses didn't know. But it was the glory of God on display. Because look, when you spend time with him, you change. Things change. You shine. Right? And then, and then, you know, like he veiled his face and we're called as, as the New Testament church to, to live with unveiled faces, shining for the glory of God. Let your light so shine before men that they see your good deeds and who gets the glory, right? Because you know why God gets the glory? Because we know we can't do what he's doing in us and through us. We know we can't, but he can. And it's so easy to say to people when people are like, man, you're amazing. Like, look, I'm not amazing. I'm not, but he is truly amazing. And what he's doing, and like, and we're the last one to know how even God uses us. And I think that that's a grace so we don't get prideful. But others see it and they're drawn. And guys, it's not like, we don't shine. It's not, this isn't some, some sort of missional directive. This is a byproduct of dwell. This is a byproduct of spending time in the presence of the glory of God. Like when you spend time with light himself, guess what? You shine. That even the prophets talked about this. If you look at Isaiah 60, 61, like talking about the coming Messiah, it says a light has dawned. Like, I mean, what did God create in day one? 
What did he reveal more so? So let there be what? That wasn't even the moon and the stars. He was talking about just putting himself on display and that's what he wants to do through our lives. But we can't do anything without him. And so my, my challenge every minute of every day is stay, stay close to him. Stay in his presence. Stay, stay near. Um, because there's where, like, like there, there's a best version of you and it's, it, it's, it's him invading your life. And it's, look, it's not about like him becoming a part of your life. It's about you being all into his. And that's the invitation. The invitation is come, 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 come in, come experience the fullness of my presence and all the benefits that come. So I, I just wanted to remind us that we're the kingdom. And Jesus said, you will finish what I've started, that, that the kingdom is on earth and it has a king and we're citizens. We're actually ambassadors of a different like kingdom. Do you know that you're kingdom kids together? And, and, and our king is looking to adopt, like he's open to adoption. And we get to go out and invite people into this. It's, it's not even just a kingdom, it's a family, to a father, to a bride. It's relationship with the God of the universe that is like, and we'll never know our potential, never know our potential without him, ever. Like all we're trying to do is try to, you know, come up with the best version of ourselves, right? And, and make resolutions and move and, you know, and try to leave a mark, you know, like, and, and all the answer to all that is just, is him. Do you know what the Christian life's goal is? Him. Him. It's not, it's not even doing all the, the one another's. It's not even, it's, 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 it's a pursuit of him him his heart and all these things will be added unto you like you don't need to worry about nothing like jesus in any context where they were prone to worry he looked at them and said oh you of little faith like in other words i'm right here and we have a fuller expression of god's presence he, he's no longer beside us he's inside us do you know that he said this is what he said this is what paul says he says he says you know, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. What? Like, and then great, you know, like greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So now like there's the distinction. You're more than conquerors in Christ. Like, hello. Like, why are we living? Like, that's not true. We should be the most confident, bold, but it's not, it's humble. And it's meek and it's gentle in its expression because it's not us, it's him. Do you understand? Like we're not called to have self-confidence. We're not called to, to be self-confident. We're called to be God-confident. That's what faith is. Man, I'm not confident in me. You kidding me? Like I have no confidence in me. But I've got supreme confidence in him. And, and he will use us to put that on display for his glory. Because like it's when we're weak that he is strong. So this week I had a, a privilege of being uh, sent as a missionary to St. Anthony's Hospital. And um, so uh, Christmas came, which, you know, our Christmas Eve service was fantastic. I, I loved it because it just focused on Christ. 
just focused on the, 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 the miracle that love came down at Christmas and came to rescue us. And, and just the humility of it just blows me away. You know, and, and the fact that, that, you know, here comes God to rescue us and humanity doesn't even want to, you know, let him in the door. Hey, you can go sleep in the stable. Like it's, it's incredible. And yet God orchestrates this, this humble entrance, you know, in order to depict his character, that this is a God that is humble, though he deserves to be exalted. And, uh, and so we had this wonderful time at Christmas and, and, uh, you know, I had a marvelous Christmas with my bride and, uh, and then, um, Christmas dinner with precious families and, um, and then um, Monday night, I just, just just started, didn't feel really well. And and then Tuesday, I'm at the urgent care for four hours with, you know, both me and the doctors are, are convinced I have COVID because of all the symptoms. But I test negative twice within, you know, a couple hours and they run all these tests and everything. And so I, I go back, we go back home and uh, and Wednesday morning, I wake up and I've got like this, this, this horrible pain in the upper part of my abdomen. You ever, you ever get that, that just, I don't know, bloated pressure, like, you know, this, and, and then all of a sudden I sit up and I've got this, it was like searing knives going into my, into my stomach. And, uh, and I was like, what is this? I lay back down. like So I got up a few minutes later and, uh, on the way back from the bathroom, I just passed out on the floor, you know, and I'm just like, okay, this isn't normal, you know, like, and so, um, so that, that began Wednesday and, and uh, so I, I just started, you know, kind of like, what's going on? This is something's weird. I didn't know if it was related to COVID, whatever. And um, well, midnight, um, well, shortly before midnight, I wake my poor bride up and I'm like, I, I need to go to the emergency room because I, I looked up the symptoms and it, it pointed to appendicitis. And if that's the case, as long as I'd had it, you know, I thought, oh, I'll just go to bed tonight, you know, wake up in the morning. But it said, you know, if it's within 30, you, because you, this, this thing's burst, we've got septic, you know, we got problems. So, so like I said, you know, better safe than sorry. I'm just going to go to the emergency room. Well, I love St. Anthony's. I love St. Anthony's even more now. But like, um, but um, so I, I go to the emergency room and it was as if, I mean, it, there was so much favor. It was, it was crazy. Like I walked through the door and it was just like, it's like, I, I, and I was by far not the only person in the room, but I felt like it. I mean, it was amazing. And um, so I, I sit down and they take me in and then I go through that whole like passing out thing again. Like, I'm like, what's going on? And um, so they started taking blood immediately. They, they, they got me into a CAT scan immediately. And, uh, and then they get me into one of their rooms, you know, and, and we were there till about 3 p.m., from midnight till about 3 p.m. And they, you know, they're just kind of running a battery of tests and all these things. So um, uh, they put me on like that. What's that street drug that kills everybody? Fentanyl. Like they're like, I'm like, what is that? Because I'm always questioning what they're going to stick in me, you know. And I'm like, what is that? And they're like, it's fentanyl. I'm like, um, I just heard about someone dying on that like last night, you know, and they're like, no, this is like medical grade and it's like far less than whatever. And so I had gone into the same hospital kidney stones years ago and, um, and they stuck me on morphine and nothing. I mean like morphine, like, I don't know what it is about morphine. This just doesn't do anything for me. Nothing. So like, um, so I'm like, oh, well, okay, I guess, you know, you know what you're doing. So they, and they put this thing in there and it was like, I mean, like my whole, I told Sheba, okay, I get why people do this. Like, whoa. I mean, like my head, I mean, I didn't have a pain in my body. You know, I'm not advocating anything here, by the way. So, um, so, um, you know, 
don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery, but be filled with the spirit. That's my, that's my conviction. But, but, but here's the thing. So like, um, so I'm like, wow, this, you know, this feels good. I'm, I'm grateful for this, whatever it is. So, um, so about four o'clock they usher me in and this, this began a, a week long stay at the hospital. Um, you know, that, uh, that basically was just water and cranberry juice for a week. And I know many of you said I've lost weight. Well, about, I figured out about a 14 pounds, like, but, um, and, and that wasn't the goal, of course. So, um, but, um, but in the course of this time, guys, I'll try not to cry. I'm just going to tell you, it was fantastic. It was fantastic. The nursing team that came, that, that God gave me, like there was so much favor. There was so much ministry. I mean, I, three of the girls, like without interruption, like talked to me for an hour and a half about their heart and their life and what was going on in their life. The ministry that happened in that bed was just incredible. But the ministry of the Holy Spirit to me and like, look, we live in a culture that celebrates busyness and activities. We have no value for rest. And look, I'm guilty. But like, let me, let me be clear that when God modeled rest in creation in chapter one, right? That was long before the law. Sabbath is way bigger than law. Now, let me be clear in, in a New Testament connotation that we, we live in a perpetual rest because Christ has purchased us. He's, he's our Sabbath rest. So he's, he's, he's brought rest to our souls and it's not fickle. It's not future. It's now, right? But we still live in these tents and these tents need rest. And we have forfeited that principle as a culture and we're sick because of it. Physically, emotionally, relationally, mentally. We are sick because we don't follow God's blueprint. Listen, when God modeled in day seven resting, he didn't need to rest. We, we're told that. He doesn't need rest. He did that for us. Jesus said the Sabbath wasn't made you weren't made for it. It was made for you. That's what Jesus said. He said, I'm Lord of the Sabbath, but it was made for your benefit. Now, let me be clear. Um, Mom's staying at Menorah Manor. It's a Jewish facility. And, um, and one of the things that's intriguing is when you go in there, um, there's a button up high on the elevator that says Sabbath, right? So I'm going, okay, cool. What's that? You know, like what's going on? And it never light. You can't push it. You can't light it up. I'm like, okay, what's the deal? So, um, so I start asking questions. And interesting enough, it doesn't work anymore. They don't use it anymore, but this is what it, uh, this is how it worked for years. Is that on Sabbath, which begins when? Friday at sundown and ends when? Saturday at sundown. That's a Jewish day, by the way, and that comes from Genesis 1. And, and it was evening and it was morning the first day. Okay, so we, we messed that up too. But anyway, so like what we understand is, is that uh, on Sabbath, that little light would light up. And so that they don't have to push a button, work, the, 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 the elevator stops every floor going up and eleva- every floor going down for that 24 hours. That's what we do. We turn these, 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 these laws that God meant to point to him and to bring healing and liberation and, and, and relational health, we turn them into these restrictive behaviors. You think that that's what God intended Sabbath to be? Can I tell you what Sabbath is? It's, it's a day to spend more time with him, to set apart what you normally do so that you can spend time with the one that is our rest. 
you know, like sleep doesn't really bring rest sometimes. Vacation can be very unrestful. Like like rest is, he, he says, I am your rest. I'm the Prince of Peace. I am your rest. And so one day in seventh, can I, can I tell you, like, there's no sin in this, um, though it's amazing to me whether you look at Malachi 4 or the reason, do you know the reason that God gives for them going to Babylon as far as the, dis, the, the, the that, that discipline on Israel was because they never, ever observed God's Sabbath. And ultimately, God put this thing in place called Jubilee, and they never got to one of them. It was a 50-year kind of plan, and they never experienced it once because they never would rest. Now, what that tells us, is tells us about the problem of the human condition, that we find our sense of achievement in our activities and our doings, the things that we accomplish. And where are we supposed to find our identity? Not in what we accomplish, but what he accomplished. Does that make sense? And... And so rest, can I ask you this year to, to, to make a concern? And this will, this, trust me, the enemy will challenge this. The, the moment you set up a time to rest, and I'm not saying it has to be Sundays. Ideally, when we were doing it together, it, it was fruitful, right? It, it's important. I mean, if everybody in your house, if your wife and your husband are doing it different, I mean, it, it can be a whole lot more beneficial, right? If we're doing it together. And, uh, and I think we were healthier as a country. You know, 100 years ago when we were, everything was closed on Sundays. Um, and so, guys, like, do whatever it takes to say, say, no. On Sundays, it's about me and the Lord. And does that define what we do as much as what we don't do? Because, look, isn't it? It's not, it's not ironic that Sundays is filled with sports. It's not ironic that there's tons of activities and opportunities. And Sundays now is, you know, the kids are doing... You know, all all these activities like we're in decay and we're we're losing our, 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 our spiritual compass. And and that doesn't mean that you have to be intentional about rest and do it according to God's blueprint and find a rhythm of one in seven where you shut it down. And it's not just, yes, sleep. I mean, basically, we're told to go into our tent. Right. And. But, but, but the, the purpose is daddy date day. The purpose is just time alone with the one that is your life and is your rest and is your peace so that you get your, bear, you get your batteries charged, you get your bearings right. Does that make sense? Please make that adjustment because the consequences are sickness and, and re- listen, when you're tired, are you the best version of you? Does it affect your relationships at all? You're, you're, Come on, man. Like, seriously, like, like if you're not, if you're tired, does that affect your marriage? Significantly, right? We, and, and look, everything's going to fight against you shutting it down. Your to-do list is going to fight against you shutting it down. Your propensity for, for busyness, your struggle, your absolute struggle as a culture for quietness. But in order for us to know him, we have to what? Be still. And that's not just physical stillness. That is emotional, mental stillness. And that doesn't, look, it doesn't just stop on, on a Sunday or whatever the day it is that you're able to do that. You know, historically it was Saturday. Um, 
in, 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 in with the people of God. But but it's also getting up each morning. And I can't for some of you, mornings are tough and I get that. But I, you know, David said, let the let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love. Jesus modeled it in Mark 1:35. He says very early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house and went to a solitary place where he prayed. Look, Jesus didn't, didn't need to do any of that. That was all done for us as an example to us. But like, I believe that we should give God first and best, first fruits of everything that we're given. And every day is a gift. Do you know you're not promised in an earthly kind? We're promised eternity in his presence. That's glorious. But as far as like in this tent and in this life, you're not promised another day. You're not. So if, if, if as Rob said, your, his mercy is new today, part of that mercy is he gave you another day. And what do you do with first fruits? The first thing you should do when you get out of bed is get on your knees and just just give him thanks and praise. Pray through your heart. Let the Holy Spirit guide your thoughts and then get in his word. Because Jesus said, if you abide in me and in my word, you will bear much fruit, right? And then he also says that my joy will be in you and your joy complete. And how desperate are we for joy? Well, the joy of the Lord is our strength. It's our strength, Nehemiah 8.10 says. And so please, please, please stop valuing busyness and activity and and letting your calendar dictate. And listen, you're going to have more things that are to do than you have time to do it. Is that true? And so here's what I want to challenge you to do. Take some things out of your basket so that you can add some some disciplines to your basket. In other words, things that are going to create opportunity to abide with him. You, you know, the, the, the recipe to spiritual maturity is more time with him. And, and that doesn't happen. Listen, that doesn't happen by just, oh, I'm going to, you know, I'll get there. I mean, how, how many people that, do, that don't really like that are intentional about marital intimacy that it just that just ha- no, we we actually default to brokenness to like it falls apart i mean billy graham says and it's like christian life is like riding a bike you're either going forward or you're falling down you can't just sit there right like i mean that's how it works it's a slow fade and so are you here's my question are you being intentional about pursuing the heart of god are you are you running after him in his word which is his is the way his holy spirit grows you and teaches you molds and makes you into his image? Like, are you spending time with him in his word? So one of the things I did this year that the Lord just put this on my heart is I challenged a bunch of you and some of you took me up on it. And if you're still interested, let me know and I'll send you the link. But I challenge you to go through the Bible in a year with me. And it's it's about three, three to some, some sometimes it's just one chapter uh, to five chapters a day. And keep in mind that a chapter in the Bible you know, it's way shorter than a chapter in a book. I mean, it's, we're not, you know, so just thinking in concept of like this morning I was in, in Job uh, through chapter 20. And, and, uh, and, and the beauty of doing it that way is that you can have, you can have conversation like John and I are having fantastic conversations every day about what the Lord's showing us in, the, in, in, in Job right now. And, uh, and so like, it's, it's good to, to go through the word together and kind of dialogue and just share what the Lord's teaching you. And so if, if you want to take that challenge and, and walk through God, how many of you read through the Bible at, in, in your life? Fantastic, right? And you know what? That's an annual pursuit for me. Like, 
And that doesn't mean that it just stops with whatever my reading is for that day, because because that could take a, you know, 25, 30 minutes. But but like, you know, reading, just reading God's word and hungering, like when you have questions about anything that just going there and just man, it's just fantastic. So if you're interested in reading through the Bible in a year, I've got an app, uh, Uversion. Um, Mary, if you could just pull that up on on the uh, and throw that on there, you can you can you can go on the website. Um, of you version or there's an app that you can use um, and it's tremendous you know like it's got it's got galore reading plans it's got um, it's got tons of uh, resources videos just I mean like it's just endless with opportunities for you to just you know just grow in the Lord Um, but but like don't doesn't relationship take intentionality doesn't it take okay so let me ask you a question who are you intimate with? Like, here's my point. Like, do you have a gauge for, for intimacy in your heart? Do you have a gauge for that? Like, you, you feel close to someone or you feel far from them? Do you have a gauge for that? I have a gauge. I have like a <laughs> hypersensitive gauge for it. Um, like, are, let me ask, are, are you intimate with Christ? Do you feel close to him? Do you know at the end of the day that all that's going to matter is whether you know him or not and whether he knows you as his bride or not? That's all that's going to matter. Nothing else will matter. And so what is the, what is, what is the Christian life? Just growing to know our bridegroom. Just getting to know him. And, and, and you know what? He's all in for this. He's, he's, he's revealing himself to us. You know what it says in, in, in John chapter 14, verse 21? He says, look, I obeyed my father, and this was the way I told my daddy that I love him. And then Jesus says, you know how you tell us that you love us? Obey my commandments. And then he says this interesting thing. And he says, and if you do, by and, and it's my love language, like that's how you tell me you love me is by doing, that's how you tell me that you really believe that I'm Lord is by doing what I said. And then, then he says this, and I will reveal myself to you. And he says, and, and I will show myself to you. And we see examples of this. Like in Luke 5, Peter is, the last thing he wants to do is go back out fishing again because he got nothing. And, and you don't fish at the time that Jesus is telling them to fish. You don't even fish where Jesus is telling them to fish. Go out to deep water and let down your nets for a catch. And he basically says, you know, Lord, I, I don't want to do this. I fished all night, caught nothing, I'm tired. Like, you ever been there like, God's leading you to do something and like you don't even think it's a good idea. Right? You don't want to. And uh, and and so Peter just, you know, Peter, he just says it like, Lord, I, I don't really want to do this. I'm tired. Didn't caught nothing. But this is what he said. But because you said so. Guys, is that your life? I hope it is that that your life is marked by because you said so. Because every act of obedience is going to require two things. If it's, if it's really God speaking, it's going to require denying yourself and humbling yourself. It's going to require you saying no to you so you can say yes to him. And that's what Peter did in that moment. Because you said so, Lord. Because, because it's you. And you know what? It's the very next verse says, when he had done so. So it's not when we state we're going to do something. How many have stated things that they never did? Just me? Okay. <laughs> So like, so, you know, like 
then it says, when they had done so, they caught so much fish that the boat began to sink. James and John's boat comes over, their partners, that boat begins to sink. And here's the principle in it. It's that not only does your life get blessed through obedience, but those around you. Guys, are you, are, are you walking in radical surrender in intimacy with this glorious God who has loved you enough to die for you to send his son? Like for the father to come die, that would have been amazing. But it's even more profound that he would let us. I mean, how many parents would die in place of their child? Right? But then <laughs> to send your son to die for the world that you know hates him and you? And would do that in their own choice and volition. And he came anyway, because for the joy set before him, he, he endured the cross, scorning its shame. And he sat down. He knew his destination. He knew his mission. And he knew his target. And that was your heart. He came to rescue you. Guys, do you know that, that he's the only one worth living for? He, like, what are you living for? What's the purpose of your life? The only thing that makes sense in, in this world is to live for his glory and fame. And when you do, like everything seems to make sense because he's the one that's authored it all. That, that, it, if it doesn't line up with his, his paradigm, then of course you're going to feel out of sync. Like it's not about you. It's all about him. And, and what I'm challenging you in 2023 Look, being in the hospital, there was just ministry. Like, I'll tell you this one moment. So this doctor, she will tell you, when I was in the ER before admitted, he came. Now, he's a, uh, he's a GI surgeon. Now, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? So uh, I was basically a case study because what's going on is the last two strains of COVID are attacking the pancreas, not just the respiratory system, these brand new. And the last strain, I found out, has no regard for Fax, booster, none of that. All that's oblivious, right? So like it's, and so they're having an influx of all of this GI stuff going on and they don't know like what's going on. Like, can you imagine? They're just overwhelmed. But, the, but then, I, then I was assigned three GI doctors on top of that. And so they're all coming in asking me all kinds of questions. Does this hurt? Does, yeah, that hurts. Yes, you know, like, and uh, because they're trying to get on top of this thing that's it's brand new, XXB 1.5. It's, it's beyond the KB7 that, that China's dealing with. And it's, they said, it, I just saw this recently, it, it is the most contagious virus, COVID virus yet. Now, are you afraid? No. Look, you don't have to save your life. He's already saved it. But that doesn't mean that we don't be wise as serpents and innocent as doves, right? That doesn't mean we don't love people by, by, by honoring their disposition, right? Uh, please. But on top of that, like the ideal disposition is, and it doesn't mean we jump out in front of a truck and we don't do things that we don't wash our hands and we don't, you know, and if you're not feeling well, please don't come, right? If you're not, I mean, we got people that have pre-existing. I mean, Jerry's fighting pulmonary disease, like we don't we don't do that. That's not what love does. If if you don't feel well, the reason we put this stuff online is so that we don't want you to miss out. But but don't don't sh- like I, I know we're people that like to share, but let's not share that, right? Like, and it doesn't matter what it is. Like let's be let's be loving, right? And and be cautious about those things, you know. And be careful, but let's not be fearful, please. 
Let us walk by faith and not by sight. Let us trust God for his protective, you know, heart and nature and wisdom. Uh, it's so important. So, um, so in the midst of all of this, you know, like there's just, um, there's just a lot of opportunity when sitting in that bed for the week, you know, not having to waste time eating food, um, is, <laughs> is, um, and, and, and really having no appetite, praise the Lord, um, it's like, can, can I, can I offer another discipline for you for 2021, two, two, three? Um, uh, the, um, here's the thing. Um, Jesus, Jesus said, when you fast, he didn't say if, he didn't say if, and then he gave these, these in, in Matthew six, he says, wash your face, right? Put oil on your, like, in other words, don't go broadcasting. I'm fasting. Aren't I spiritual? You know, like, like. Read, read Isaiah 58. Isaiah 58 says the purpose of fasting is you lay aside, you, you give up something so you can give something. You give up something, like you give up food so you can give it to the poor. You give up clothing so that you, others can have. Like, but in the case of God, you give up like uh, meals and so that you can spend more time with him. So you can seek him in prayer. And Jesus also said, there are certain things that won't happen miraculously without fasting. And then probably the biggest thing is Jesus modeled it for us. Why would he model anything he didn't want us to follow him in? How many of you fast on a, a, as a discipline, as a spiritual discipline for, for the sole purpose of seeking him? Not, not for, guys, not, not for health reasons. Now, look, I've talked to almost every doctor I've ever spoken to, and I've spoken to a few in the hospital on this, on this subject. I, Dr. Wyckoff said this to me. Like, every doctor has said, fasting is, is fantastic. It's beneficial. Now, extended fasting, you've got to be careful about. But, like, um, but, but this is what Dr. Wyckoff said. So Dr. Wyckoff, um, dear friend of mine, he, um, he had Crohn's disease. And he told me fasting saved his life because in an extended fast, somehow your body resets. And uh, it's because of the kind of the dynamics of the gut. And uh, I don't know, I don't have, listen, here's the thing. We don't have to understand it medically or scientifically to believe if God said do it, that it's value, right? And necessary. But, but guys, I want to challenge you. I'm going to tell you what happened for me the week in the hospital while fasting. And um, and I will promise you this, uh, Lord willing. Um, every Christmas to New Year's, I'm I'm taking I'm taking one of my weeks and I'm off, because I'm going to fast, because of how incredibly beneficial it was for me. Now I'm not talking about the physical benefits. Yes, my body feels ten years younger, though I feel extremely weak right now, because I'm trying to scale back to, to solid foods and the pain, you know all of that stuff, recovery from COVID. But I feel but but here's the the real bit. I, mental clarity I haven't had for I don't know how long. But the biggest blessing, spiritual sensitivity. God's voice is so clear. Vision is so clear. Like a sense of like his closeness is so like tangible. Like it's such like I I've, I've never ta- I've never experienced this, and I want more. So I'm just saying, like, look into it and don't just look into it from the perspective of of health benefit, because there's, 
you know, interval fasting and all this, they're saying, you know, what is, it's great, you know, all that. But like, of course it benefits us physically, but the spiritual aspects of fasting, Jesus says when you fast, not if. The other two things that Jesus talks about, and I want to challenge you for, for the purpose of spiritual discipline. The other two things he sees is giving and praying. So I've talked about fasting. This is all from Matthew chapter six, one to like 20. Um, so giving. Guys, do you know that giving, Jesus says in, in, in Acts chapter 20, verse 35, do you know what he says there? In fact, it's not even in the gospels. Paul, Paul kind of just brings up a, a statement that Jesus makes that it's not even in the gospels. And what does Paul say in, in, in Acts chapter 20, verse 35? It is more blessed to give than to receive. Is that true? That is true. Do you know that the Bible also has this to say about giving? That, um, you, you know, wh- why do you work? Why do you work? Because I have to. No, why, why do you work? Pay the bills. Why do you work? I mean, be honest with me. Why do you work? You know, the Bible says that we should work so we can share. That's what the Bible says. That the reason, Ephesians chapter 4 tells us that the reason we work is so that we can share. Well, we got that all messed up, don't we? And you know what happens is we don't enjoy the the labor. And by the way, work, work, though a four-letter word, is not meant to be a four-letter word. Because we were given work before the fall. Work is actually supposed to be something, and, and some of us know this, it's something that, that, that we feel a sense of joy and accomplishment in, but not identity, right? And then the final thing about giving, and I, I want to challenge you, be more of a giver this year. I mean, is, is God lavish in his giving? Right, exactly. That's the best response, right? Like, does God give, right? And, and how does he give? abundantly and lavishly. And we're called to be imitators of God, therefore as dearly loved children and live a life of love. Listen, can you love without giving? Can you give without loving? Listen, motivation matters, but here's the thing. John three sixteen: for God so loved the world that he gave, gave. Because that's what love does. Real, genuine love can't help itself. And it's not like you, 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 if you really love the kind of love that God loves, you don't qualify the gift. You don't even start, you don't consider the cost, right? When, when, When you love like God loves, like it's always abundant. It's always lavish. It's always generous. It's always sacrificial. Make sure that you're, I mean, expand your heart for him. Be, be more of a, be one that fasts in order to set aside time for more time with him. It's like, I don't even have time to eat. Jesus said, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from his mouth. Don't you think that we need to set aside the, the trivial for the significant? Fasting, giving. And then Jesus hits the next one, which is prayer. How's your prayer life? Like, do, do you feel like you just have this rich, ongoing 
conversation with the God of the universe through the person of Jesus Christ with the help of the Holy Spirit? Do you feel like that it's just this, you know, like you're always talking to him about whatever's going on in your head, whatever's going on in your heart, whatever you're facing in your life? Are you just looking to him for answers and, and wisdom? How's your prayer life? Jesus in this passage in, in, in Matthew 6 is saying, look, um, don't, don't do it like the Pharisees. They, they love to stand on street corners so they can be seen. You know, they, they love to have these long, lengthy prayers that are filled with big words because they, they just want people to be impressed with them. And they're trying to put their righteousness on display instead of mine. And he says, this is what you should do. Go into your closet where no one can see you but God. And, and spend time with him because then your motives are right. So here's the thing. Do you pray more publicly than you do privately? It ought not be. Right? Like our private prayer time should be kind of our lifeline. Like this is where we're, this is where we're unpacking our hearts. This is where he's unpacking our hearts. This is where he's showing us like, do you believe that God wants to kind of give you directives and guidance? Man, I can't tell you. Like I told someone the other day, I, you know, I, I'm so sick of the five-year plan. What's your five-year plan? You know, what's your plan for 2023? Like, I mean, I don't have a, no, no, no. I have a plan. Here's my plan for 2023. Jesus. Like he's my plan, right? Like what does it mean to follow Jesus? <laughs> I don't think the disciples got up, you know, some days and gone, okay, I'll be back in a little while. I, I'm like, oh, hey, hey Jesus, I'm going to go hang out with my friends. To, like, no, they followed Jesus and whatever he did, they did. And you, can you imagine, just put yourself in their shoes. Can you imagine what a day looked like? They got up this morning, they're going, I wonder what we're going to see today. I wonder what he's going to teach us today. I wonder what's going to happen today. That's abundant life. And it doesn't mean it's not thwart with, with trial. I mean, did some of those days, were some of those days filled with persecution and hatred and pursuit of their, their lives? I mean, yes. But that's a part of it. Guys, look, are you living a comfortable life? Are you living the American dream nightmare? Like, are you, are, you, are you trying to save your life thinking that not realizing you're losing it? Like, are you, are you living radically in the, in the ambition and the, the pursuit of his heart and his life? Are you following Jesus? Because Jesus said, I'm going to finish what I've started and I'm going to do it through you because... <laughs> because you're the kingdom now. And guys, if we're the kingdom, like, where are they going to see Jesus? Is your context, your co-workers, your neighborhood, are they seeing Jesus because they have a relationship with you? Because maybe you're too busy trying to show them you. Like, it's just like, look, we're called to be, a, you, you know what a, what, a, what a representative is? The word represent means to represent. It's kind of like what the moon does with the sun to the earth. Like, we're called to do the exact same thing, right? We're, we're, we're to give the moon our full attention so that the, so that the earth gets his full reflection. And, and that's, that's the Christian life. And, and sometimes what keeps us from experiencing all the joy, I mean, I'm telling you, I'm sitting in this hospital room and I'm going like, 
I'm just, I'm just so filled and God is using me and I'm just like, this is fantastic and that doesn't make sense to anybody. But it, it, it's the truth of my moments. And, and what I'm saying is like we can actually abound despite our circumstances. We can actually count it pure joy in the midst of trials. We can actually be thankful in all circumstances in his strength and not ours. Look, none of this is possible with us, right? I mean, be holy as he is holy. How you doing? Right? Be perfect as he is perfect. Like none of that, when Jesus said that in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 48, he was saying like, just you need to try to be perfect because it's in the trying that you realize you can't. And then that helps you to understand you need me. That's what he was getting at. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Like, look, everything that God wants you to do can be done with his help. My mom says all the time, but Colin, I can't. And I'm like, you're right, but he can. And are you doing it in his strength or yours? Are you guys? Are you walking life in your strength or his strength? Are you focused on him or are you focused on your problems? Do you know that you're consumed by what you put your focus on? Think about Peter. He's focusing on Jesus. He asks if he can come out of the boat because I'm a disciple. I'm supposed to do what you're doing. And right now you're walking on water. So I guess this is what I'm supposed to do. And you know, Peter, he's just like, you know, open mouth and search. I'm going to go. So like, so he just, but, 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 but you know what? No one else got to walk on water, right? So let's admire his his faith and his, his confidence in the Lord. And so, so he gets up, the Lord says, come. And he's like, let's go. I mean, can you imagine what it took for him to just step onto, I mean, it's not like this body of water was unfamiliar to him. This is, this is his livelihood. Like he knows and he gets out and he walks on water. But what is he focused on? He's laser focused on Jesus. And you know what the Bible tells us? It tells us he walked all the way to Jesus and I don't know about you, but if I stepped out of a boat on water and, I, and my focus was on, G, I would be the same, right? I'd be like, oh my gosh, I'm not looking at my feet. I just can't believe this is happening. Like what's going on? And then he gets there. And once he gets there, because now he's close to him, he feels like, okay, I'm okay. He starts looking at his surroundings. And what happens? Guys, what we focus on will consume us. And if we focus on Christ, don't you think that's a good thing to be consumed by? And don't you think that has implications on how we become overcomers and more than conquerors? Because it never says we are over. It doesn't stop there. It says we are more than conquerors through or in Christ, right? Like it's not we're overcomers. It's in him. Man, do you love him? Do you know him? Do you walk with him intimately? You know, everybody in the Old Testament that has any accolade of faith, what, what, did, what, what did Noah do? It says he was righteous, and that's a faith statement because of his faith. He was blameless among his generation, which is admirable, but not saying much for his generation. But one of the things that stands out for me amazingly, it says, and he You know what Adam did? He walked with God. Do you know what Enoch did? He, John, what did he do? And he was no more. 
Like, do you understand that that's where abundant life resides? Walking with him. And he, he's invited us back into this intimacy that, that we were separated from because of disobedience in the fall. We hid, we cover up, we hide. We're afraid now. And now we have no reason to fear the Lord other than this reverence awe. We have been brought near through the blood of Christ. Your sins have been paid for. Your debt has been paid in full. So here's how I close this morning. Um, And I appreciate you kind of taking this all in. um, I don't know where you're at. Look, please don't listen. This is this is the thing that that that's I think it's the most one of the most sober statements in the New Testament. Many will say, Lord, Lord, on that day. And I will say to them, depart from me, for I did not know you. It literally says that they they did things in his name. Look, every single one of us in this room have done things in Jesus name. Do you understand when we do things in Jesus name, what that means is in his authority in his word, in in his promises. Like, like it's not just throwing his name out there as a tagline to say, okay, if I say Jesus' name, ooh, little magical recipe. You know, like that's, no, no. We're, we're basically saying that th- th- this, is, this is his, we know it's his will. We know it's its heart. We know it's been given to us. Like to, and so I can, I can stand in this as this is Jesus's authority has been given to this. And that's why, we, you know, when he says all authority, this Matthew chapter 28, 18 to 20, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, Jesus says. Therefore, go and make disciples. So here's the thing. Can you go make disciples with the help of the Holy Spirit? Guaranteed. He says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me by my Father. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. Man, that takes the weight off. Like, I don't have to teach them anything I haven't been commanded that I don't know. Just show them what, you, what, what you've been shown. And then he says the greatest thing. He says, and I'll be with you to the very end of the age. Guys, um, we're, we're in a new year. It's a great opportunity for us to pursue him with all our heart. I don't, I don't know where you're at, but I'm just going to tell you at the end of the day, all that matters, do you know him? That's all that matters. And you know, the only one that can really answer that question right now on this side of of glory, is you. Do you know him? Do you know his love? Do you know the, the, the depth, width, height, and breadth of it? Do you, do you know? You know, this is what Paul prayed for in Ephesians 3 for the church. He didn't pray like that they would have physical healing and all that. He, he prayed that they would know the love, they would know him, and that they would know his love. Do, do you know him? And, and guys, I think all of us would say, I, I do, but I could know him better. Or maybe I don't, and I'd love to. Please know that Jesus is inviting you into this relationship. And it's, a simple, it's as simple as this, as, as the marvelous repentance message was preached last week. Best one I've ever heard by, by Dr. Fred. Like, it, it's, it's turning from our ways to his ways. It's, acknowledged that, it's acknowledging that he's right and I'm wrong. It's, it's saying that I want you more than I want me. It's saying that, that, um, that I believe that you're Lord. I believe that you came. I believe you lived and you intentionally died for my sins. 
And you did that in order to rescue me back to an intimate relation, make me your bride and make, like you, make me the father, son, and daughter. And because you did all that for me, uh, and not, not simply because, but just because you are who you are, I'm going to declare that you're Lord. And that doesn't make him Lord. He's already Lord, guys. <laughs> but, but it's a declaration that he's yours. And, and, I'm gonna, and what that means is, because Jesus said this. He said, you know, why do you say Lord, Lord, and not do what I say? It's a lie. What it means to, for him to be Lord of your life, it means that he gets to call all the shots. It's like, Lord, what would you have me do today? What would you have me do now? What would you have me do? Like he gets to determine the pace and the path, the yoke, but he's going to carry you in ways that you can't even imagine. Have you surrendered to his love, to his lordship, to the salvation that can come by no other name? And if you haven't done that this morning, let me just tell you, there's no special prayer. It's your heart to his. It's, your, it's you saying like, I, I don't want to do me anymore. I want to do you. I acknowledge that, you, that you're everything and I'm, uh, without you, I'm nothing. And there's no special prayer, but, it, but God knows our heart. And the moment that you surrender to him, he gives you this gift of himself in the Holy Spirit that gives you the power to do everything that he wants to do in and through your life and be a witness. And if you're a saint, if you've walked with the Lord for seasons and you have evidence of his love and his Holy Spirit's presence in your life, I guarantee that there's a, there's a deeper, more intimate place for you with him. Is that true? Man, find it. Run after it. Do whatever it takes because it's the, it's the reason we were created was for him. And we will never find our sense of purpose. Eternity is set in the heart of man, right? And the only God-shaped void that fits this chasm of emptiness in our hearts is him. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Such an understatement. Can't even, can't even quantify the words to, to express how grateful we are that you would run after us in the way that you did. Lord Jesus, that you would, that you would be the, you would be the Isaac that Abraham never had to sacrifice that you would be the one that would willingly accept the mantle of Messiah, Emmanuel, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world, that you would embrace that privilege knowing that it, would, it's the, it was the only way back to the Father and that you would be our rescue. Lord God, forgive us when we don't make you our delight. Forgive us when, we're, when you're not the apple of our eye, the love of our life, Forgive us when we don't love you with all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our soul, and all of our strength. Give us, give us a, an unquenchable passion for you, Lord, a hunger and thirst for righteousness. Let it be true of us that as the deer panches for, for water, so our souls, our souls long for you. Would, you. would you give us this? And that it wouldn't be just these disciplines. They wouldn't just be some cold principles that we walk out in prayer and fasting and giving and, and study of your word, but that it would just be a sincere pursuit of you. 
so that we might know you and love you with all of our heart. Oh, please, Lord, help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Fellowship St. Pete in St. Petersburg, Florida. More information about Faith Fellowship can be found at faithfellowshipstpete.org.